Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial Season 2, Episode 18. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Matt. Elisa, again, is not here with us? Did she die? Um, R.I.P.? Yeah, she's she's fired. Oh, okay then. Well, we, like, uh, live with Michael and Kelly, we are searching for a new morning co-host. So, if you're interested, um, email us. I guess we can, like, we can give Micah's job back. You know what I hate, I- Laura? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, we, that's a good idea. But you know what I, what I hate? P- performers who are fucking late. Oh, Sorry. Man. I know, right? Yes. Jesus. Well, Elisa has something in common with somebody of this caliber. Um, Lauren Hill had a concert in Atlanta this past weekend, or at least she was supposed to. Um, she arrived at Chastain Park, which is an arena that has some really strict um, sound rules in terms of when music can be played. She showed up there two hours late, so didn't roll onto stage until 10.20 p.m., and the arena pulled her mic at 11 oh. and cut her off <laughs> because that neighborhood oh. does not allow music to be going on past 11 p.m. Wow. But the greatest part of this was the apology that she issued to fans in the Atlanta area when she said that she was late because she needed time to align her energy with the time, whatever the uh, fuck that means. Yeah. <laughs> she said, the challenge is aligning my energy with the time, taking something that isn't easily classified or contained and trying uh, to make it available for others. So, so this, she, this bitch. <laughs> she was supposed to start earlier, I guess. At and 8 then PM. Yeah. A, a, and then she just didn't have the energy earlier. So she just needed to wait for things to align. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying was, to explain it. <laughs> she uh she tried to blame her driver initially and say that her driver got her lost, but a bunch of fans who were lined up outside the venue beforehand were like, nah, bitch, we heard you sound checking at four o'clock. You were fucking here. Yeah. Uh, La- Lauren, listen, if if it, as a performer, you have to be on time. Y- y- you have to. People yeah. are there waiting for you. There's nothing worse that be- than being at a venue and waiting for your the person you're waiting for to start the show if they're late mm-hmm. sucks. But she's done this before. Yeah, this is really common. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I know. Like a couple years ago, I heard about her doing a show in London or something, and she was almost like two hours late too. And then I think I heard it again in like 2010. Like she just, I don't. She, just, I cannot believe she's still doing concerts. Well, Sounds and- like. You when yeah. you consider how much tickets are to her concerts, I think the average cost of a ticket here in Atlanta was like $90. What? Hmm. Yeah, I would be fucking pissed. First Hell of all, no. I don't I don't shell out that much money to see anybody in concert. But if I did, I would be fucking pissed. Yeah. And they're not offering refunds to people. She said that we are figuring out a plan to make it up to you. <laughs> like your money. <laughs> It's like, like, no, if you could just give bitch me my better money. have my money. Yeah, I would just ask for my money back, I think. Elisa, where's my money, bitch? <laughs> so we have a, a lot of political stories to talk about this week. We're going to do our political minute segment again, but it's definitely not going to be a minute. 
of course, last week was a was a monumental recording, a monumental day, I guess I should say, <laughs> in mm-hmm. politics. I think every episode has been like that, though. <laughs> yeah, at least for a year. But before we get deep into politics, uh, a couple other random stories. This one actually does relate to politics. I wanted to play this towards the beginning of the show because I thought it was really interesting. Obama was asked asked about the 2016 election, and he offered some really interesting words about this, uh, about the media and how they should be covering the candidates. <laughs> Trump. As a uh, long record... Uh, that needs to be examined. Um, and I think it's important for us to take seriously the statements he's made in the past. Um, but most importantly, and, and I, I speak to all of you in this room as, as uh, reporters, uh, as well as the American public, I think I just want to emphasize the degree to which we are in serious times, and this is a really serious job. This is not entertainment. This is not a reality show. Mm. Uh, this is uh, a contest for the presidency of the United States. And uh, what that means is that uh, every candidate, every nominee, needs to be subject to exacting standards and uh, genuine scrutiny. Uh, it means that you got to make sure that their budgets... Uh, add up. It means that if they say uh, they've got an answer to a problem, that it is actually plausible. And I'm so glad that he brought this up because it seems like Trump gets away with so much shit. Yep. It, no, mm-hmm. and he he's gotten thousands of hours of free advertisement in the form of the media just reporting on him as though he is an entertainment figure. Um, you know, when he says stupid shit like. Uh, yeah, the U.S. doesn't have to worry about defaulting on its debt because we can just print more money. Like, nobody (laughs) takes the fucking time to explain why that is a ridiculous statement. They just deliver it because it's entertaining and it'll get them numbers. Yeah. And, and, and Trump, to his credit, does a good job of, of jerking the journalists around. I was watching an interview with Chris Cuomo on CNN the other day. And Trump, as Gawker put it, put it, bulldozed Chris Cuomo. It was actually hilarious, but the media really has to get better at at um at calling him out on his shit because he really is getting away with a lot of it right now. Right. Well, and the way that I see some of these reporters allowing themselves to be talked to by him, I don't know if you guys saw the interview with Wolf Blitzer no. that he did, where Wolf basically asked him, "Why do you think?" Megyn Kelly trashes you so much. And he wasn't saying it because he thought it. He was saying it because this is what Trump has been accusing her of doing. And he looked Wolf Blitzer in the eye and said, because if she didn't, her ratings would drop even lower than yours. (laughs) And Wolf just sat there and took it. I would have been like at that moment, Wolf should have just gotten up and just gone all fucking Uh, bastard motherfucker uh, and just uh popped a cap in his ass. He couldn't, though. He couldn't do that. Oh, but it would be great. It would, but... Um, Sorry, guys. We probably will still be talking about Trump quite a bit, but what we can promise you is that we're not just going to talk about him to laugh at him. We will still laugh at him, definitely, but we're also going to uncover why nothing he says is of substance. Sounds good. So, yeah. 
Well, a lot of Republicans say President Obama doesn't do much in this country, but I have a little story here that shows he does things. <laughs> President Obama signs bill declaring the bison the national mammal. So America never Yay! had a national mammal, and now we have Yay. one. I just wanted to mention it because I, 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 I was wondering how you guys thought about our national, our our national mammal being a bison. I think it makes I mean, sense. Yeah, it makes sense. It it's it makes me really happy that um, our European ancestors didn't manage to kill them all. Yeah, that is nice. So you know. Good I job. think it would have been cool if it was like a dinosaur or like a, a, a fun creature that still exists today, like like a, a bald eagle <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't yeah. exist today. That does does exist today. I no, but I think it's. I mean, it's very a bison uh, does is really only in the U.S. or at least in North America. Like it's just generally you know specific in our region, mm-hmm. and it's a nice, it's a good story to tell because. You know, we almost did wipe out that species in our country, and you know, we did manage to get it out of the endangered species zone. Were bison in the Oregon Trail video game? Does anybody remember? I think they were oxen. Yeah, they were oxen. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But I like. I mean, I I think bison's a really cool looking animal. I think it's a really smart idea. What should Obama's doing it? What should millennials' (laughs) official mammal be? You know what my. (laughs) <laughs> my choices i wrote it in the doc um i said micah micah oh yeah well that's her spirit animal yes micah seems <laughs> down for that yes mm. micah's down for anything yes. i think our i think our animal should be a puck wedgie <laughs> oh for fuck's sake <laughs> no it makes total sense uh Hmm. I just, I can't, I don't even know if I can touch that one this week, Matthew. I feel like the Harry Potter fandom has yet again been thrown into just tragedy and upheaval as a result of these house names. I'm watching all of these people have house identity crises all over again. Matt and Laura are referring to the Pottermore leak, which appears to reveal Ilvermorny's four houses, the American Wizarding School. Oh, man, Nerds. We got to talk about it at some point. We have to. Okay. We, we will. I have we so will. many things. We'll wait till I guess Elisa's on. Yeah, she has a lot to say. <laughs> All right. <laughs> One other thing before we get to our political minute. Um, I wanted to talk about this because it really affects everybody. And so I love talking about stuff like this just because of its its potential mass use. Um, Everybody, it's no secret. We all use our phones when we before we go to bed at night. And there have been studies, many studies, accurate studies, that show that staring at your phone screen or any source of light before you go to bed will make it harder to fall asleep. So Apple recently built into their operating system a feature called Nightshade. And what it does is it, as the sun... I'm sorry, Andrew, is it Nightshade? I thought it was Night Shift. Night Shift, sorry. Yeah. Okay. So night shift, um, it as the sun begins to set, it slowly removes the blues from your screen. So your screen starts to look orange. And studies have shown that if you're removing these blues um, from the screens that you're staring at at night, it will help you sleep better for scientific reasons. So I have noticed since using night shift 
that I really do fall asleep uh, easier at night. Have you guys noticed this too? Have you been using it? I've been Mm -hmm. using it, yeah. I wouldn't say that I'm falling asleep easier, but I will say that I'm noticing less eye strain. Yeah. Um, I also use an app on my computer called Flux, which does the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do too. It just like progressively throughout the day makes your screen color more orangey. Um, And both of those are really, really helpful. I actually ended up having to get um, special prescription glasses a couple years ago, not because I have bad vision, I have perfect vision, but because I was experiencing so much eye strain from staring at screens all the time. And I don't really have to wear them that much anymore. So after using flux and night shift. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like I, I go to, I, I don't spend as much time laying in bed at night and I too use flux. It takes a little to get, a little time to get used to because you're like, ew, my screen is orange. This is gross. Um, but yeah, it has helped me. And I also ask people in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash millennial show if they had similar experiences. And a lot of people agreed. They said, yeah, it is very help- helpful as well. Uh, very helpful. So. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's good. Um, I know about those like specific glasses that you get. They're called, I think they're gunners or something. And like they do that kind of that shield where it like t- makes everything that you see kind of more. It takes off all the blues, makes yeah, it more it like orange and green. Yeah. And it's yeah. supposed to be really good for people who are in front of their computer for a while. A flux, uh, the app is really good. It's, I get confused sometimes with it just by like having it scheduled. Because I don't think you're you should have like your screen in plain view of like a window or something, because sometimes it'll just it'll just flicker back and forth if it can't tell if it's if it's like twilight out. It's weird. Sometimes you should should use it based on time, not don't let it look at like how bright your surroundings are. Also, I'm never, you know, in direct exposure to sunlight most of the time anyway. I'm a, a vampire. vampire so yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's not a problem for me. I've what actually do in the shadows. <laughs> I, I moved apartments last week and I have a ton more sunlight, which is awesome. And like sunsets here are really cool now because it's just like a nice little fade into the darkness. And it's <laughs> kind of funny to me because like my phone screen is in sync with the brightness in my room now uh, or in this apartment now because as the sun sets, the screen starts to dim at like at the same exact time because it's doing it based on sunset time so i, I kind of feel like the, the sky and my screen are connected in a nerdy way <laughs> <laughs> anyway if you haven't tried one of these you definitely should again on on uh, from on apple devices you just swipe up from the bottom and then there's that little sun you've probably noticed and then if you want it on your computer it's called flux and you can download that for free. And I'm pretty sure Android and Windows Phone have applications that will help you do that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Laura, won't you take us through our political minutes? That's right. So the political minute is the segment where we talk about a bunch of news and politics over the last week to get everybody up to speed. But we don't spend too much time on it. Um, much like Congress, we say it's only going to take a minute, but it's going to take a little bit longer than that. So the first thing we want to talk about is that last week, 24 hours after we released our last episode, maybe not even, uh, Kasich dropped out of the race, making Donald Trump officially the presumptive, the presumptive GOP nominee. Um, we all already kind of knew this, 
going in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like of. once Cruz dropped out, we were all like, okay, it's Trump. And then Kasich dropped out and we were like, oh, wait. He's still who, in the race. Who was that? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so yeah, the GOP is now down one bag of potatoes, uh, in terms of this race. On top of that, they're having some issues with their national convention this summer. A number of really prominent Republicans, including Mitt Romney, John McCain, George W. Bush, and his father, George H.W. Bush, have announced that they will not be attending the convention this July. Crazy. I know. Crazy. Two failed presidential candidates and two failed presidents. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> and fired. Haven't haven't all of they they, with the exception being McCain, said that they're not going to endorse Trump? Well, mm-hmm. Paul Ryan, I think, is Paul Ryan's on the fence about Trump. He said he won't endorse him yet. Like, I don't even know what the fuck that means. I won't endorse him yet. I feel like I need to know more about this racist, xenophobic motherfucker. <laughs> like I, I don't know well, what you're doing, Paul Ryan. Well, I think part of it comes from the fact that they're meeting this Thursday, and I guess they will have some serious discussions then. I think I think Paul Ryan's kind of holding a carrot in front of Trump's face, saying, treat me right, and then I will. I will well, endorse you. I I mean, I don't think I don't think Trump's going to give a shit whether Paul Ryan, like, tries to, like, make him a deal or something, because I think Paul Ryan's just a little on the fence because... He doesn't want to support Donald Trump, but God forbid, like he publicly doesn't, and then he becomes the president. Like but that relationship will. But he's going to have to make a decision at some point. He's not going to be able to ride this. Oh, maybe, maybe not thing forever. And I think maybe after this meeting on Thursday, we will, we will I mean, have a change of heart. Doesn't he kind of have to? Like he have out of to all the, uh, but I mean, out of all the jobs, out of all the real, like the political job like the politically elected people like doesn't the majority house leader kind of have to endorse the the republican candidate i mean technically no and actually it's interesting you bring that up because a couple days ago trump said that when he assumes office he's going to ask paul ryan to resign um because apparently he thinks the office of the president is the apprentice um (laughs) but (laughs) Then Paul Ryan came out and was like, hey, if you ask me not to be at the convention, I won't go. Yeah. So this, I don't think Paul Ryan wants to fuck with him. This all just looks so bad. And yeah. I've been seeing some of these ads Hillary's been running running against Trump this week. They are just really good in a bad way. Like they're <laughs> they're just they're just pooping all over him. And yeah. I don't think he I I, I keep saying this. I'm not going to proclaim that there's no way Trump can win. I hate all these people who keep coming out and being like, Trump will never win. Like Elizabeth Warren, Trump will never get in the White House. Well, guess what? He's the presumptive nominee. He very well could. So yeah, let's stop talking like he's not getting into the White House. And yeah, we uh, never thought it would get this far. Exactly. exactly. Well, and the Trump campaign seems to have taken a page out of the Cruz campaign's book. Um, Trump has announced that Chris Christie is going to be leading the presidential transition for his for his for his presidency for his transition into the White House. Um, so apparently this whole idea of like announcing your cabinet, uh, your cabinet members before you even get the nomination is catching on. So, um, congratulations, Chris Christie. I thought, I thought he was going to ask him to be his VP. He could still. He could. Yeah. 
this could be just throwing Christy a bone for now. Mm-hmm. But Laura, what does what does Trump have to gain by announcing this position now? It doesn't seem like much. I mean, we were all wondering the same thing when Cruz announced Fiorina as his running mate. Um, well, that that seems, seems like a last like, ditch effort to win. But this, yeah, I mean, it just sort of seems like some some more of that Trump bravado, that confidence that mm. I'm going to go ahead and start announcing my cabinet because I've already won type bullshit that sort of attracts all of these crazies out from under their mm-hmm. rocks to <laughs> come out and vote for him. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't get it at all. I mean, he, sh- he should have, he should have enough people. He, I mean, he should have as many people as he can because the guy doesn't even know how the fucking, how the fucking country works. Right. Speaking of which, Matt, we, we talked a little bit earlier about Trump saying that the U.S. doesn't have to worry about defaulting on its debt because we can just print more money. Right, guys? Yeah, I've always That's thought works, this as right? well. I mean, if I need like a million dollars, can't somebody just print it for me? I think we all thought that at like one point when we were growing up. Yeah. When we were like five. Yeah. Yeah. Seems simple Um, enough. Right. Except for the fact that when you start doing that, it actually devalues the currency that you already have. Oh, (laughs) no. Yeah. So that's not what he wants to talk about, though. It sounds good to say we'll print more money. It was it was really funny, though, when he was conducting this interview and he was saying um, spewing out shit. But one of my favorite parts is when he was saying, you know, I, I, I've had a lot of debt. I know a lot about debt. Um, I actually know more about debt than most people do. So, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that's interesting coming from somebody who's gone bankrupt, what, three times now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do you get out of it? He printed, he printed more money. More money. <laughs> 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 Probably printed it with his face on it. Um. And anyway, and into some actual primary news, um, today when we're recording this episode, we do have a couple of primaries going on. For the Democrats, it's West Virginia, and for the Republicans, it's West Virginia and Nebraska. I would say that um, our official millennial prediction is that Trump will obviously sweep West Virginia and Nebraska, because what other choice do they have? And Sanders will probably win West Virginia, but he and Clinton will effectively split West Virginia's 29 delegates. Oh, oh, well, so there's hmm. that. The polls close at 730. So depending on if we're still recording, we might see if we're right. Uh, With all due respect to Mr. Sanders, these these primaries no longer matter for either side. I I, I hate to say it. No, you don't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, because I really do have a great deal of respect for Senator Sanders and for the vast majority of his supporters, the vast majority are great. But um, I just I just don't want people to to set themselves up for a big disappointment yeah. <laughs> when it inevitably comes. Yeah. Um, and finally, public policy polling found that registered voters view the following things more favorably than Donald Trump. These things include lice, traffic jams, nickelback the DMV, and root canals. <laughs> like, and these were by significant margins. These were like 10-point-plus <laughs> margins. So like you it know it's legit. Yeah. That's, that sucks. Donald but Trump he, is, is less popular than Nickelback. Yes, but he did beat hemorrhoids by 6%. 
So, like, public polls, policy polling went out and was like, what do you like more, Trump or Nickelback? If so, they seem very up on internet culture because they seem to know that hating Nickelback is cool. Yeah. There were, there were a number of other things they looked at as well, including cockroaches, um, which actually Trump did beat the cockroaches by a 4% margin. Mm-hmm. So, oh, good, good, good for you, sir. Uh- I'm just seeing another fun fact here. 59% of participants thought President Obama was not born in the U.S. (laughs) Well, those were 59% of Trump-supporting participants. Uh, I see. Oh, well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How many people were conducted in this? Does it say? Do we know how many people are in it? I don't. Yeah, I don't see it either. we, We can do a little digging. Usually with stuff like this, it's a pretty... Pretty large. Oh, uh, it's uh, 1,222. There we go. It's a lot of people. It's mm. a lot of hemorrhoids. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So that's our political minute, a.k.a. our political eight minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch fest. Very good. Moving on to some other news. This is actually also politi- political po- po- oh, politics shit. related, but it's also tech related. It's also millennial related. We all know the Facebook trends section. It's come under fire over the past week, thanks to a report from Gawker. And now the U.S. Senate uh, Commerce Committee has sent a letter to Mark Zuckerberg requesting answers to questions it has on its trending topics section. The letter comes after Gizmodo on Monday reported on allegations by one former news curator of the Facebook trends section. Um that revealed the curation team routinely suppressed or blacklisted topics of interest to conservatives. The report also included allegations from several former curators that they used a injection tool to add or bump stories onto the trending module. <laughs> so Facebook, uh, so the U.S. Senate Commerce Committee is, is looking for some answers. They sent a bunch of questions and they are expecting a response. Why? Why do you go, ugh, Laura? What's upsets you about this? So, I I guess I'm just wondering, is this what they're doing instead of meeting with Merrick Garland? Right, right. I guess, like, did they get tired of trying to repeal Obamacare 60 plus times, so they decided to move on to this? Like, who the fuck cares? Well, Facebook is privately held. They can do whatever the fuck they want. Exactly. Facebook has never claimed that they're unbiased, unlike, say, Fox News. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but the, the, but I actually, this does concern me a little bit because Facebook already, because of its users, is so, uh, you can, you read so much shit on there that just isn't true. I just saw Donald Trump this morning shared an article from a site called the Washington Examiner.com about immigrants. And you go on it. It's proving some point he was trying to make. You go on it. It's littered with ads. It's fake as fuck. It's not a legitimate news source. There's just so much bullshit going on on Facebook. And then to see that Facebook is being biased in the way that they handle their Facebook trend section, which, by the way, has never been great. You always see this weird stuff trending, and you're like, what the hell? Gizmodo slash Gawker also found out that that those were all hand-curated. The stuff wasn't actually trending. It was just a team of humans being like, oh, okay, we'll make this trend. Um, So, yeah, I I don't know. I I 
it it doesn't sit right with me. And now you know the GOP, Fox News, etc. For the rest of time, they're going to be bitching about how <laughs> social media sites uh, have it in for them. Yeah, I think that's one of the main causes of them doing it. I think they've just be like the conservative party has been just desperately trying to find ways of uh feeling like they are being attacked and they're victim blaming any 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 cause to further the idea that you know their values are being threatened and there's a war against religion and all this junk. I just I, I mean, don't I don't understand why we are holding Facebook to this standard. Like you pull up Facebook and all half the trending articles are shit like 19 ways to get wank stains out of your panties. Like it's just <laughs> it's stupid. Who's getting their news from there? Yeah. I want to know what what kind of trends that they're Apparently saying. the GOP. That's what I would say. Apparently that's where they get their news. <laughs> Facebook just... Facebook is a huge news source for its users what now maybe not the trending section well because you go on your facebook you look at the news feed and you see what your friends are sharing about the world yeah but that's not news that's just my friends posting bolt random bullshit that they post yes yeah but there's sometimes people do share news on facebook oh yeah they share clips and stuff but that's not it's your personal (laughs) account page you can post whatever the fuck you want yeah doesn't matter how right or wrong it is i know and that's the sad thing about it is that people post anything they 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 see online uh whether it's from a legitimate news source or not and this stuff gets spread misinformation Mm -hmm. gets spread a lot on facebook i just i i can't even with these people anymore i don't know i'm done i'll be honest with you guys i see shit like this and i'm like wow this is how you are spending my tax dollars awesome yes Guess what? I will probably never vote for a fucking Republican for the rest of my life. When is the next election for the House? Or for the Senate? November. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if I have something going on. (laughs) You better not. You better be fucking voting. Um, I I agree. They shouldn't be wasting their time writing a letter to Facebook being like, give us answers. But, but... I do think Facebook needs to sort this out and, and be more fair and maybe mm-hmm. revamp their whole trending section, I guess. I mean, they can, but they don't have to. They literally don't have they don't to. They don't have they're, to, no. They're privately held. They can do whatever the fuck they want. If they want to update all of our cover photos to be pictures of dildos, they can do that. <laughs> and I can choose to leave if I don't like it. I just, I don't understand. Is Mitch McConnell, like, sitting around scrolling through the ship being like, uh, why are there all these pro-Obama articles on Facebook? <laughs> I don't know, you fucking turtle. Maybe because most of Facebook's demographics are young people. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Possibly. Smart people. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Are you upset, Laura? I'm, I'm just, uh, I just want to grab this party and just shake it. Well, anyway, <laughs> just, get, get ready for all the pundits to start complaining about how Facebook, uh, is unfair to the GOP. And why why Trump loses this November. Well, that would just further mean that it's not Facebook that's unfair to the GOP. It's the American people. It's the world. Yeah. That's not fair. And everybody just needs it. You know, I have to... Speaking of this, this reminds me of another thing. I, I follow a bunch of publishers on Facebook, one of them being the Daily Dot. And I saw a Bernie Sanders post. I'm trying to pull it up here. I'm trying to find it. Oh, here it is. 
The article headline reads, Bernie Sanders just had a huge Sacramento, California rally that mainstream media mostly ignored. Then the the Daily Dot's accompanying blurb with this says, more than 21,000 people were there, not including the people who couldn't get in. This article about how the media ignored the Bernie Sanders rally is bait for the Bernie bros to share all over Facebook. Publications like the Daily Dot and all these others, they write these because they know the Bernie bros are going to share these stories and be like, look how Bernie's being under uh, misrepresented in the media. This isn't fair. Hillary's, uh, you know, being treated like royalty and Bernie's being ignored. Mm-hmm. So and the proof is in the headline. So the next time Bernie Sanders supporters do share a story like this, I would advise to not because you're just playing into the hands of these publishers who know you're going to be their bitch and share the story. That's that all they want. Me of a story that happened on last week tonight with John Oliver when he did that science uh, news mm-hmm. story, where like a lot of like even news uh, news anchors and and companies they just take the the headline, maybe read the first paragraph, and then they and then they tell the story as if like it's an actual scientific fact. Yeah, but they don't actually read the whole article or actually even see if there's any connection. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm fascinated by that. I was glad John Oliver brought it up. And I think we've touched on it on this on this show, too. Uh, You you can read a survey telling you anything is good for you or bad for you. Sitting, walking, breathing, coffee, as John Oliver brings up. I mean, hell, we can make a survey of just the four of us and then we can say. Like chocolate gives you AIDS. Yeah, <laughs> or or that or the story about wine, uh, being as a glass of wine being as good to your body as an hour at the gym. Like people, they write these stories because they know you're gonna share this, it. This is why I drink three glasses of wine <laughs> most days. Mm-hmm. Those abs. Got oh yeah, they they're uh, they're in there somewhere. All right, little WTF news story here. An Arkansas judge has resigned his position after thousands of nude photos of defendants who appeared before him in court were discovered on his computer. Turns out Judge Joseph Bachman reportedly swapped sex with young white male defendants for reduced sentences of community service at his home. At least one of the victims was under the age of 18. Beckman allegedly gave his victims a handwritten note with his phone number accompanying the community service sentence. Isn't that crazy? So this guy would take pictures, this judge would take pictures of these guys in exchange for reducing sentences. And then he'd go beat off to them later. Yeah. Or have sex. Yeah. Didn't he, wasn't, I think I read something about this where, like, he would invite them over and, like, have them clean his house in their underwear and stuff. Yeah, like, I I read (laughs) the article, too. Like, he would, he would come out with, like, a bag of empty cans and then have the guys, either in their underwear or without, just bending over and picking up the cans. (laughs) It's kind of like those pornos you see where, like, the student's doing bad in class and the teacher who's, like... I'll give you an A if you suck my dick. Mm. Yeah, you know, I think not to take this too seriously, but I feel like this is a prime example of um, sexual abuse that doesn't get taken as seriously because of the gender of the people involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel like if these were 18 to 21 year old women, 
everybody would be shitting their pants, but because they're men, I think most people's reaction is to just kind of like laugh at it and, and sort of like ridicule this, this judge. Mm-hmm. But nobody's looking at this and saying like, this is actually sexual abuse. <laughs> you yeah. are traumatizing these young mm-hmm. men. Well, he still deserves to be ridiculed. Maybe just oh, not totally. as lightly. Oh, totally. But yeah, I, I see what you mean though. The story, it's, you know, we'll probably, you probably only r- will read about it either on a post on Facebook or on some like, uh, LGBT website or something. Like you, it won't be like a mainstream news by any means because it's, first of all, it's a gay story and it's, you know, it's like, it's almost like as if it's like a fetish from a porn video that you can, that you would hear. Mm hmm. No, I guess I just think about some of the more recent movements for female victims who have kind of come out and put faces to the stories and and shared what happened to them. And I don't feel like men are as empowered to do that kind of thing when they're victims of sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. That's all. New study shows. (laughs) She's. Oh, God, what's coming? I'm not even going to go there. (laughs) (laughs) Well. All right. Well, speaking speaking of 18, it has just become harder to be 18 and cool in California. It Governor Jerry Brown announced on Wednesday that he signed a bill that will raise the legal age to buy tobacco for smoking, dipping, chewing and vaping from 18 to 21. Uh, Supporters of the law aim to deter adolescents from the harmful, sometimes fatal effects of nicotine addiction. Uh, the Institute of Medicine reported that 90% of daily smokers began using tobacco before they turned 19. And the veterans organization and Republicans uh, in California are objected to the bill because they say people old enough to die for their country are old enough to use tobacco. So this is the second state, right, in this country where the legal age to smoke to smoke tobacco or to vape or whatever is now 21 instead of 18. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, both sides do have points. Oh, totally. I agree well, wholeheartedly. I um, think, I think if you like, if fuck, if you, if you're old enough to be a soldier going to war, like if you need a smoke, fucking smoke, man. Yeah. You need something. It is, it is silly that. These people can go fight in war at the age of 18, but you need to be 21 to smoke a cigarette. Feels a little backwards. Have a beer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, same thing with alcohol. And this percentage, though, of people who smoked before turning 19, that doesn't mean that they were 18 when they started. Here's the thing, though. We know, we know there's zero question about the, the health effects on your body when you smoke cigarettes or tobacco products in general. So, I think in that regard, it is a good idea to raise the limit. Hopefully, is this going to stop all the younger kids from doing it? No, but it'll probably make it more difficult for them to get cigarettes because now they can't, the 18, the, the 17 year old can't ask their 19 year old friend to buy them cigarettes. They got to find a friend who's 21 or older, but they will go and find a friend that's 21 and older. Like it's, it's still going to happen. And, it can happen, like, but I think less frequently because the 17-year-old's going to ha- have a hard time making friends with 22-year-olds than he would a 19-year-old. Mm-hmm. Well, this know, is, 
Go ahead. I was going to say, I, I feel very conflicted on this because on the one hand, as Matt said, I feel like once you are legally an adult, you have every right to decide what you put in your body. Um, but I will say that I think because the nature of smoking is very different than the nature of any other kind of substance like alcohol or, or drugs or whatever, um, when you drink a beer or when you drink 10 beers, you're damaging your liver, nobody else's. When you stand outside and smoke a bunch of cigarettes, you're actually putting other people at risk for secondhand smoke as they walk by. So to me, I can understand it from the perspective that it is a public safety issue, not just a personal safety issue. Um, and also that, you know, things like lung cancer cost us a lot of money because lung cancer is very expensive to treat and it's not super curable. So I don't think the goal is to fix the smoking issue immediately. I think the goal is to make sure that the upcoming generation doesn't smoke. That way, eventually, the problem becomes a significantly smaller problem than it is now. I wonder if it has to do with the really rising popularity of vaping. Because a lot of people who are vaping are doing it because it's not technically smoking. It's a little cleaner. But you're still damaging your body. And it's a lot easier and less, you know, it, it's less painful. It doesn't, you know, it, it, you can actually get flavors and stuff for it. And it's, you know, it's easier to vape like I vape. But people are actually, especially young people, like it's cooler. And mm -hmm. it's you still get addicted to it. Yeah, I mean, it's still nicotine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's I, I think the jury is still out on vaping in terms of what, if any, health side effects it's going to have. It just hasn't been a thing long enough, um, despite some of the misinformation you see people posting on Facebook. <laughs> but mm -hmm. um, new study yeah, shows smoking know. is healthy. <laughs> no, I've actually seen articles like that that are like vaping is healthy and it's like, no, nah, come on, you're breathing something into your lungs. That can't be sponsored 100% by good for you. Vaping mm -hmm. Association exactly, of America. Exactly. Native advertising. Okay, it's time now for the number. Cool. We've been playing this over the past few weeks. Laura and Matt, you spend 50 minutes per day doing this. So it's not a gender thing. No. Okay. Picking your nose. <laughs> um, Once again, Matt, this isn't just you. This is the general public. Oh, yeah. That's a day. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> that's like three hours. Three hours. <laughs> it's only 50 um, minutes. 50 minutes. 50 minutes. I would think that it would be thinking about a particular topic, like daydreaming about something mm. um so i'm gonna say daydreaming about sex because i would say this is probably accurate for me okay, okay. um I, I i don't i don't know i'm just yeah i'm just gonna say uh yeah i'm, j I'm just gonna say picking your nose <laughs> why not uh well you're both wrong Shit. This is Damn how it. much time you spend on Facebook, Instagram, and Facebook Messenger per day. Oh, oh I man. Spend way more than way that. Way too much. Well, this is on average, oh, so. Man, we are the 1%. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Interestingly, it's more time than people spend reading, which is 19 minutes, participating in sports or exercise, which is 17 minutes, or social events, which is a very tragic four minutes. <laughs> That's really sad. Well, then where are all the rest of the minutes of the day then? It's almost like, as... The... Hmm? Where are all the other hours? Like, what is going on? Like, 50 minutes is just working even one hour. Laying down, pooping, cooking <laughs> food. I don't know. What else do you do during the day? Drink water, walk your dog, pick your nose. Uh, see, I don't do any of those things. That explains why I spend so much time on Facebook. People spend <laughs> one hour, 1.07 hours a day eating and drinking. So that's that's where one hour is. And I am mm. not anywhere on this list. Then I am. Well, how, <laughs> how long do you guys actually list? think if you had to put a time on it, you spend on Facebook? Oh, my God. Well, the thing is, it's not that I'm on it for hours at a time paying attention to it but i am always connected to it so like right. so i'll be going around and doing other things and i'll get a notification and i'll check what's going on and that'll take me maybe 20 seconds yeah. and then i go away from it but i'm always connected and then also yeah. like facebook messenger right exactly talk to you fuckers mm -hmm. like i think I, oh i guess just strictly facebook but like messaging each other i don't know would be con would be related to actually being on Facebook, like looking at friends they, and stuff. They said Facebook Messenger is included in this. Facebook, Messenger, and Instagram. Whoa, Instagram too. That's crazy. Um, See, I don't yeah. spend that much time on the gram. No, but I know a lot of people who do. Mm -hmm. But you, you guys also have to remember that this is more than a lot of other activities you do on average. So, so it's still very... Even though it may not seem like a lot to you, it's still a lot compared to everything else during the day right mm. uh but yeah i guess uh, for me personally i've probably said before well maybe i haven't the the hypable team also communicates through a private facebook group so i'm just in facebook all day bouncing between that and the news feed and like you guys mentioned our group chat like yeah but like we could we could easily just be texting each other like that's just a form of uh, communication but uh i guess it makes sense if you want to be more broad Mm -hmm. about it i mean i spend about 15 minutes per facebook session <laughs> and you have like 20 <laughs> sessions per day i mean that would make more sense than a day <laughs> mm -hmm. okay well we should ask well, our surprise bitch victim today how many how much time they spend on facebook i bet they're gonna say i don't use facebook <laughs> if they're under the age of 21 i will say yes that's the answer that they'll give you. Yeah, my my twenty year old brother does not use Facebook. No, the the youngins are not using the Facebook. They're Good. on Snapchat, which Laura recently joined. I did. I still don't know how to use it. <laughs> it's I know, I, like what the fuck is it, going on? If here? you spend time playing with it, you'll realize how fun it is. So pick a number between two and four seventy eight. Four seventy seven. Wow, that's Nikki who just signed up two days ago for. Surprise, bitch, at least. She'll be Surpri surprised. She'll probably answer. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Nikki? Yeah? Surprise, Surprise bitch. bitch! It's Millennial! Oh my gosh! That's crazy! What's up? You just <laughs> signed up the other day, didn't you? I did, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Laura picked a high number. So where are uh, we calling you from? Uh, I'm not. I'm in Monterey, California. Oh wow! Monterey. Okay, beautiful out there. Yeah, that's like yeah, we're. I definitely love it. 
That's where like the new Finding Dory movie is set, I think. Is it really? I think so, because they go to the they, there's like this aquarium that Dory has to find her parents at there. I think the Monterey something or other. Yeah, the Monterey Aquarium. It's awesome. That's it. Yeah, it's about to become it's famous. There? It's set there. Well, they they journey there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's oh my so god! Cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. It's it's on Wikipedia. That it's it's legit. <laughs> uh, so so what are you up to today? I'm actually writing a cover letter for a potential new job right now. Oh, cool! On stuff. Do you use Facebook? I do. How how much time do you think you spend on Facebook? We were just talking about this per day. Yeah. Per day. Um. Probably around 30 minutes or so. Okay. See, there you go. See, we all spend a lot more. The average, according to Facebook, is 50 minutes, 5-0. And that, so that explains okay. why that number is, quote unquote, low, Laura and Matt. <laughs> well, we spend a lot more okay. than that. <laughs> <laughs> I've made a conscious effort to, to be on it less, though. But it's hard. It's so addictive. How old are you, if if you don't mind my asking? Twenty-two. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, so you... she's above the cusp. I told you. <laughs> I told you, Andrew, that if she was under age twenty-one, she wouldn't use Facebook. Uh, actually, here's another good question for you. Since you're in California, we were just talking about how they—I ju- don't know if you heard about this—but they're raising the smoking age here in California from eighteen to twenty-one. Have you heard about that? And do you have any thoughts on I that? I have not heard about that. Yeah, it's I true. I have not heard about that. Do you think? It- do you think it'll Nothing change anything? Change anything in what respect? Are kids going to still get cigarettes? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Yeah. Like, is it, I mean, is it going to really have any effect on how people get cigarettes or smoking? In this state, probably, but I don't think it'll have an effect, at least in the short term, on who smokes. I think that people are still going to try and figure out how to get them. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I, yeah. Yeah, I just, I just don't know. I, I think it's just help make people feel better. And uh, final question for you: what, What's cool to do up there in Monterey before, uh, besides that aquarium? Uh, definitely hiking. Yeah, there's some hiking. great hiking, both in like Big Sur and Pinnacles National Park is really close too. I have always wanted to go to Big Sur. Big Sur is oh, gorgeous, it's incredible. Yeah, I hear horse. There's a lot. There's a really good horse like back riding kind of community in monterey too is there really yeah i hear well at least like maybe it's just me though i i hear that um like a lot of people like have ranches and stuff and such in monterey oh okay i know there's a lot of ranches but i haven't heard much about horseback riding but do you you ever come down to la Uh, a couple times do you hate it a little too big yeah it's a little too big a little too big city for me yeah did you grow Mm -hmm. up in monterey or no, I grew up in Ohio, actually. Oh, okay. Cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, California is a big state. Like, <laughs> just because you're, you say you live in California doesn't mean, like, you can just drive to, like, San Francisco and L.A. and shit. Like, it's... Quick, quickly, yeah. It could very well it's be, like... It's way. It's, like, a few states away. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you're right. Nikki, do you know Carmel, California? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I live, like, so... Ten yeah, my college roommate is from Carmel. Oh really? Yeah. Do you know her? Well, oh, very she cool. Probably, <laughs> she probably her. doesn't. <laughs> that would be my guess. Hashtag cool. probably small not. World. 
But Carmel is beautiful. Oh, it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I loved visiting out there. Well, Nikki, thank you for your support. And uh, we'll see you in Finding Dory this summer. <laughs> and uh, have a nice rest of your day up in Monterey. All right. Thanks for calling. No problem. Hi, Nikki. Thanks. Thank you for your support. Yeah. Thanks for answering. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Bye. Absolutely. Have a good night. You Take too. Care. Bye. All right. Very good. We have the nicest listeners, guys. I agree. They're, just, they're so cute when they pick up and yeah. do shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys exciting for Finding Dory? Ah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I love the original. I, actually, I love Finding Nemo. I love yeah. Finding Nemo. I saw the first half hour of Dory last month, and I was a little surprised at... It seemed to move a little too quick. It felt like a TV show to me. It was. It, I was a little shocked, so I'm hoping the rest of the movie is slows down a little bit like they really rushed to get to monterey (laughs) to get to nikki we're gonna jump over to ap choice now we have something here from joey i thought this was an interesting question he's one of our ten dollar supporters on patreon he says today i'm going to a protest for the second time the first one i went to was a protest for the premiere 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 laura help me premiere premiere i the premiere of what? I yeah, don't, I know. I don't That's know. yeah. Okay. I think. Uh, oh, I think a, pr- a premiere is a person of like. That's what uh, I'm thinking. Status. Yeah. Yeah. To change her mind on cutting the adult basic education program at the only public college in my province, which is a college I've graduated from twice, and I intend on going back there to further my education. The only thing was she didn't take back what she was doing. Today, I'm going to protest that the government has lied to Newfoundland about what the budget plans are by are by closing the majority of the public libraries across the province, making cutbacks in Eastern health, etc. I don't know a whole lot about politics, but I don't think this protest will make a difference on what's going to happen with the budget. And I'm wondering if there's a point in going to protests, no matter if the cause will make a difference or not. I believe Laura has said that she has attended protests before, and I don't know if the rest of you have, but would you be able to weigh in on what the positives are in going to the protests and what they can do? Maybe a bit of a dumb question, but like I said, I don't know a whole lot about politics. (laughs) Talk to me about hockey, TV shows, movies, music, or Harry Potter, and I'll be able to talk for hours. Love to hear your thoughts on this. Mm. Laura, what... I just just looked it up uh, in case you still wanted to know what a premier was. Um, At least in Canada, a premier is the head of government of a province or territory. So I think it's like a governor. Yeah, principal. Sort of thing. Laura, Um, what protests have you been to? (laughs) Um, A few. (laughs) Um, I protested when George W. Bush was (laughs) reelected. And how exactly did you do that? I was. 14. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. Um, and I've gone to a couple of other things that were more locally um, affiliated. I will say the nice thing about protests is they serve to make you feel a little better in that you are surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals who are protesting the same thing that you're protesting. Um, however, the one big problem that I have with protesters is that a lot of them come out to yell and scream in the streets and not a lot of them turn up to their polling places to vote. Mm. So if you want to affect actual change, I would encourage you to vote and to get involved in your local government. If this is something that you're passionate about, 
Mm. Um, definitely going to protests, I think, is very cathartic and it's great to have your voice heard. But just understanding that going to the protest for that one day ultimately probably won't um, cause the ripple effect that you're looking for. But going out and voting and being an involved member of your community will. So, yeah, I think other benefits of attending protests are to get people to notice. They will often get media coverage, especially if the protest is large enough. We've seen Mm -hmm. a lot of Donald Trump protests recently. I think I think those are sending a big message about how America really feels about this presidential candidate, because we've never seen protests like this before for a presidential candidate. The other thing I I would say is be careful. (laughs) Because they get violent, um, can get they, violent. They can get violent really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I protested, as I said, George Bush's um, second election, and of course, I live in a red state, so we got some stuff thrown at us. <laughs> you know, Our- people were throwing things at us, and it didn't escalate beyond that point, but it very well could have. Are you talking so- about when he got, like, after he got elected, or before? No, when he got reelected. No, when he got reelected. No, but I, I mean, but like after the vote, or before. No, so, no. So we went and protested on inauguration day. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, oh, crazy. And there's also those kind of people that pro- protest by not voting. That was asked. Right. Which is, in my opinion, not much yeah. of a protest but. yeah and joey this isn't a dumb question at all it's it's actually no. something i've thought about before as well just just the effectiveness of protesting i i don't think it's always very effective but i think it can be and if you believe in something mm-hmm. firmly enough and you feel like you need to act on it then do it absolutely i would say also make sure that you're going to events that are in um you know events that are in support of things that you agree with yeah. Um I I think that a lot of people when they think about like the sexiness of um of being politically active, they think about protests, but think about peaceful demonstrations that are in support of things that you want to happen. Um I think for instance about the the march on the National Mall for um gay and lesbian rights that happened in 2009 which you attended. To- I I attended with Elisa and it was wonderful. It was just a wonderful day surrounded by hundreds of thousands of like-minded people who all wanted the same thing. Nobody got into any fights and it was, it was great. So I would just say protesting is fine, but it's not the only way. Coming soon to patron video of Laura and Elisa making out at that peaceful (laughs) protest. (laughs) We wore matching equality shirts and marched around carrying the pride flag. Gay. And <laughs> there was a picture of us that ended up online like that. And I saw it a few years later and I was like, oh, God, no wonder my great grandmother thought I was a lesbian. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, do we have that picture somewhere? I want to see it. We do. I can get it for you. Okay. You can, you know, Facebook has that really smart search. You can just go in the search bar and type pictures of Laura and Elisa being gay. It'll come right up. <laughs> or just lesbians. <laughs> pictures of mo- uh, lesbian podcasters. <laughs> we, we give off that vibe. I, I know. <laughs> well, that's uh, Millennial for this week. Elisa Woo! will be back next week. She, she hasn't. 
She Will hasn't she? been fired. Yeah. Her watch has ended. But should we tell people now? <laughs> I feel like we should just let them know now that you're what? not going to be on next week. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. going to, to graduate. Aw. No, that's not so, acceptable. You have to be on. Yeah. I, I've, I've only been on every other episode this year, but I guess... Show off! <laughs> Show really off! Cool. I want to see a bit... Oh. I want to see the video of you walking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Across the stage. Your I'm parents sure. are going, right? Oh, yeah. My parents and my grandmother are going. I'm sure there will be video and many pictures. Um, I'll probably trip or something. Yes, so. please. Are you going to yeah. get, like, crazy drunk afterwards? She's going to be drunk already. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, what? crazy drunk for me these days is very different from crazy drunk a few years ago. So we'll yeah. see. You should. It's a, when you it, get to a certain age, it's like getting drunk just seems so much work. Oh my god, it is right when I could just stay home and order pizza and watch Netflix. Yeah, but it's a uh, it's a special occasion for you, so you should get drunk. And congratulations on graduating. Thank you. I'll get wasted and walk across that stage and be like. <laughs> Can't hold up the double fingers and be like, fuck the Ivy League. <laughs> Hillary's going to give me free tuition next time. <laughs> <laughs> so coming up on After Dark today, we have kind of a bit of a different After Dark. We are going to do an entire After Dark dedicated to pizza. And it's mm. going to culminate mm. with a prank call to a pizza, a major, major pizza organization. And we don't know how it's going to go. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, you're selling this. You've got to do it now. Oh, we're going to do it. We're going to do it for sure. I mean, you had my attention at pizza. Yeah, I just wanted to. Eventually, we're going to hit a milestone on Patreon where we start doing one brand new podcast each month for an after dark. So, like, for example, it could be called the Pizza Cast. We have Pizza Cast intro music. We have pizza segment, like all this stuff. And we just do it one time, maybe maybe a second time, like a year down the road. It'd just be fun to do like special podcasts for one time only. <laughs> so this yeah. will kind of be like a preview of that. Anyway. That thanks. sounds great. Yeah. I'm hungry. Me too. Yeah, I'm going to have to order pizza <laughs> afterwards. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Don't forget our website, millennialshow.com, and our social media where we keep everybody up to date on the latest show releases and whatnot, facebook.com slash millennialshow and twitter.com slash millennialshow. Um, yeah. So Don't forget about the Instagram. Oh, yeah. What is our Instagram? Instagram slash millennialshow? That is correct, yes. Great, great. Follow us. I wore my new millennial shirts. I saw that. It yeah. was very good on you. I posted it in the Facebook group. <laughs> it, it really brought out your eyes. Plug in this, plug in that, plug in this, plug in that. No, <laughs> it didn't because I was wearing my sunglasses. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, that's all. Time now for uh, to get talking about pizza. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Matt. And uh, we don't have closing music because Elisa usually plans that. Oh, find pizza music. <laughs> Pizza music. pizza music. Search Spotify for pizza. I'm searching pizza. What's going to come up? Something by Touch Sensitive. Do it. Mm. This doesn't remind me of pizza. It's the worst outro ever. <laughs> How about this? this? Pizza Angel by Veggie Tales. And now it's time for Silly Songs with Letty, the part of the show where Letty comes out and sings a silly song. Got the munchies on that fateful night. Round yeah, eight she did. <laughs> <laughs>
so I phoned in a pizza for delivery. But I had a feeling that something wasn't right, because I waited for hours and no pizza. I set the table with a paper plate. How would I know that it'd be late? It's taken so long.